Greetings. Welcome back to the Satsung Podcast. Today on the podcast, we have my dear friend, Ryan Reyes. Ryan Reyes is a professional skateboarder. Him and I are also both members of Unlimited Sciences uh, in the circle, um, both psychedelic advocates, but he, he's a wild cat, um, a really, really beautiful spirit, and um, well-traveled, well-read, just the sweetest, softest, most genuine dude you'd ever meet. Uh, and we dive in on a lot. You know, I grew up skateboarding, so I had some cool questions just about that whole vibe and what that was like growing up in that as an actual skateboarder, not just an observer. But um, anyway, yeah, as always, the podcast is brought to you by Onnit. Head to onnit.com, use code SATSANG at checkout for a discount. Um, the new Alpha Brain Black label is amazing. Little higher potency and dosages, and um, a little bit of caffeine thrown in there for you. I drink one before every time I hop on the podcast. They also have the new Alpha Brain Shots, which if you're not into pills or you just need one quick on the go, these delicious little shots. Think five-hour energy, but they're actually good for you and improve your cognitive function. All right, without further ado, Mr. Ryan Reyes. Ryan Reyes, welcome to the Satsung Podcast. Thanks so much for having me, my friend. Yeah, dude, I'm excited to talk to you. It's been a minute. I know it has been a couple months. Time flies. Yeah, man. You and I, um, you and I sat in ceremony together back in May, I think was yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, and right I around our wedding anniversary. Yeah, dude. And I remember um one of my favorite parts of the whole thing was on the last night we were there. I grew up skateboarding and completely obsessed with skateboarding culture. Um, and I remember at dinner, you and I were sitting there and I was just like, have you ever met Eric Ellington? Have you ever met this person? So tell everyone a bit uh, about yourself. For those of you that don't know, Ryan is a professional skateboarder, uh, professional psychonaut, and uh, deeply involved in his spiritual practice. But um, yeah, dude, tell us about about your life and how you how you started skating. And well, uh, so I've been skating since I was like eleven, and uh, I've always had like a. A few to like I always drew drew a lot or like ran, like ran around a lot. I had a lot of energy that didn't like go anywhere. So when I found that, I was like, okay, cool, this is my thing. And I just dialed in. Like everything else just went out the window for the next like twenty years, and that's where we are now still. Yeah. Uh, but, <laughs> but yeah, just like uh, felt like a connected connection to it. I kind of had a I had a turbulent like house life or home life, so that was my escape to go like into my own world and that opened me up to my first like subculture to like have all these friends and uh that kind of got my gears turning started going to shows through that kind of without skateboarding i wouldn't really even have Ryrie as a person <laughs> but yeah I, I just uh i just been uh i just been skateboarding floating around trying not to play by too many rules do my thing uh didn't get a license till i was 30. <laughs> uh but yeah i don't know just a little free spirit, I guess. Yeah, man, I I relate to that. You know, like for me, same thing. I always was just super, super infatuated with counterculture from a young age. You know, like I remember being really, really young and hearing about the Hell's Angels and being like, whoa, that's cool. I think I want to be that. Um, but But similarly for me, when I found skateboarding, it wasn't just the 
the act of skateboarding. It was like the first time I met um, people that weren't just like, oh yeah, well I go to school and I play football and you know, I'm, you, you meet a bunch of other sure. people that are like independent thinkers that, um, you know, I, I can trace back my taste in music solely to skateboarding because I remember like, you know, getting, you know, fucking turning in cans to go to Subsex Skate Shop in Des Moines and get the yeah. 411 videos. And sure. sure. And that was how I heard about music. You know, that was how I heard about punk rock. That was how I heard about hip hop. Like, Dude, that was same funny. here. Same. I have this turning point in my life. Like, like I saved up for one uh, one specific video, and it was called PJ Lads Wonderful Horrible Life. It was like, which is like a more of a hip hop vibe. But when I went to the shop with money, this new Black Label video came out, which is like punk rock vibes. Yep. I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. It was like this turning point in my life of where I was gonna go, and I. I ended up buying the, the the punk one, and then I just started listening to punk music, and I was just dove in for like that was kind of like my whole life. But yeah, so same exact experience. Yeah, uh, it's fun. it's funny because I remember that time in the like late '90s, early 2000s, where that was kind of the vibe. It was either the like, yeah, Chad Muska's, Kareem Campbell's. There was like the <laughs> hip hop skaters, and then there was the like, <laughs> you know, yeah, the whole Zero team. Yeah. Um, you're the hash or you're fresh, dog. Totally, totally. I love it. And I and I remember too, like, um, Thrill of It All was like a real that was the first skate video I ever had. Heck yeah. Um and yeah, and it's so funny, even something like that was the first time I heard Aretha Franklin. That was the first time I heard the Rolling Stones. You know, it was just like, what the fuck is this? And who are these people? You know, and you so you grew up in Southern California, huh? Yeah, yeah. Dude, like so Orange County. Damn, so you were in it. I'm in it, yeah. Uh, which is funny, because I never got sponsored until I moved away. Like, <laughs> I, like, knew everyone, and then I moved to Arizona, and, like, within a month, I got sponsored, which is really funny how that works. You just got to, like, be outside the bubble a little bit. <laughs> so t tell me how that works, because I had, you know, I was never great. You know, I, my forte in skating was that I would, like, you know, I would acid drop or jump off things that people were like, nah, dude, that's too high. You know, I couldn't, <laughs> you know, my most like technical trick was I could hit varial flips on command and that was about it. You know, all my friends could fucking 360 flip and manual really far and I couldn't do that. So I was just yeah. like, you know, I saw Jamie Thomas do the leap of faith and I was like, okay, I'll just be that guy that just jumps off shit. Um, yeah. So I was like <laughs> the process of getting sponsored because I had a few friends that were always filming everything. Yeah, you know, it's kind of like, I feel like it's going to sound similar to like how like you figure out your spot in music. Like, because like, you kind of have to find your niche, you got to figure out how you skate, because it's easy to like, to skate stairs and handrails, and do the tricks good on the good things, which there's a market for that too. But some people like it differently. So like, I like had to like find my, just how I like to work with my skateboard in my environment because I was like trying to do the handrails and the stairs and like it just was quite obviously not my thing yeah and then once I started like just like going to weird banks and ditches and stuff and just focusing on like what I thought was really fun then that's when I started getting sponsored because I was like oh this is how it worked like I I like this too you're like cool this guy like it's like a nice little snowball effect so that's and like you got to find your brand that, that you are involved with but it's really a who you know kind of industry like if you're not friends with the people it's like really hard to get in with the brand because yeah. there's a million good kids 
I know. You know? Yeah, and that's it's wild too because I just I think the thing that's so different with like you know I live in a ski town so there's like lots of little ripping skiers here and obviously that's the goal of a lot of them is like to be pro skiers but it's like you know music is a really objective thing where it's like what's good music it's like well it fucking depends on who's listening to it where like skateboarding and skiing it's pretty absolute you know like you can watch someone skate and be like no nah, he's sure. fucking good you know it's not really up for debate so it's like you know, I know a lot of shitty musicians that got put on, you know. <laughs> you for know? sure, for sure. Um, yeah, that's, that's like, well, like, skateboarding, yeah, skateboarding, like, is, like, a weird thing. It's, like, even when you're not good at it, it's still, like, like, it's hard to describe. Like, you know, when you're when you're not good at, like, football, everyone that plays football and is good at football doesn't want to play with your dude that sucks. But skateboarding is this weird sport to, like, where if you suck at it, everyone gets hyped on it and actually is like the same kind, has the same like fire attached to it as like someone being really good. So there's this like weird thing about skateboarding that makes it different, that like makes it really loving and like inviting. I don't know. It's a, skateboarding's a magical thing. Yeah, dude. And, and there's like, there's not a lot of things. Like I just remember, you know, whether it was like a stair set or a fucking gap or like a trick of trying for weeks and weeks and weeks and like that feeling when you actually land something, you know, it's like second to night. It's really addicting, you know? Dude, yeah. I, uh, like I recently started like a band, like just before the pandemic, we started, I started playing live shows, but that feeling on stage was, I'm playing small shows, but like, there's like a glimmer of that like landing the trick after all the hard work and I related to like musicians like oh this is what like this is landing the trick for them and I kind of made that connection it's kind of sick <laughs> yeah no that's exa that's exactly how it is dude when a show is going perfectly it's like a 90 minute landed trick dude, you know? yeah <laughs> that's pretty solid sure. yeah you have a you have a really unique style dude I um you know I my son was familiar with you um where he's like when I when I was like, hey, have you ever heard of Ryan Reyes? He he goes, yeah, dude, that's the hippie dude that skates barefoot. <laughs> <laughs> that was the first thing he said. Yes, that makes me feel so cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, so how do you, you know talk a little bit just about like your your style because it's it is it's definitely unique. It's like some of the shit that that I've seen you do. You have you have a way different approach where it's like, oh yeah, dude, if I was a good skateboarder, I would go up and wall ride that. And you're like, no, what if I climbed up on that? And then, <laughs> you know. Yeah, I like to, uh, when I'm like talking to someone that doesn't skateboard, I'd be like, I, a lot of skateboarders like focus on tricks on things. And I'm kind of more like a, like I like skate parkour. Like I like to get from point A to point B in the most like creative way. And like, yeah, I like how, like I said before, I like, tried to play the by the rules and I just like I kind of can relate to you like I wasn't really that good to be honest I like so I like started doing like weird stuff that no one else was doing and that's kind of how I like drew and that's how I, I was just like a weird kid so kind of just like my personality got meshed into skateboarding and it's cool to like it's cool to like give into that because the more I give into that and the less I even like I only watch my friends really so I just like try not to influence myself it makes it more unique and more like what I'm not supposed to do which is, that's what I like to do. <laughs> well, yeah, well that, well, you're an artist. You're not just a skateboarder, then you're an artist. Like there's lots of people skateboarding, you know, but mm -hmm. like when you're using it, is it a way to like actively express yourself? Like then it, then it becomes a part of like your, your essence and your being where you've like, you've surpassed skateboarding and now you're like, no, this is actually how I express myself. For sure. It's like, a, it's, it's, 
it's that and it's, it's my mind body meditation it's like my yoga my tai chi and that's that's how I, I like i feel like it's just in the same line as those things yeah i've been watching um neen williams a lot because we're both on it sponsored athletes oh sick yeah yeah and he, he's another dude that like um that i watch and you can tell it's not like skating for him it's like his it's his practice yeah, yeah. you know it's Hell like yeah. how, how he relates to the world you know for sure yeah dude yeah we rode for circuit together actually for a little bit nice like, he's cool yeah he's a monster now dude he's dude, a really, like, skinny party <laughs> kid and now he's just an absolute monster yeah i know dude he's fucking he's killed it so I love how did you tell me about traveling because that's the shit that's like really cool to me that we were talking about at ceremony that that really blew me away so like what does a skateboard tour look like like what is that even yeah dude it's it's like it's so familiar to me i forget that other people don't know about like like the other people don't travel like that but like when we go to a place it has nothing to do with like what people would traditionally look at and they like will connect with like the local shop will connect us with like local kids and we'll spend a week in like in thailand in the back alleys and like weird zones so you get like a really grimy intimate like uh knowledge of like the area that you're spending the time in it's been really cool to like be able to travel like that like especially the places like thailand or australia like little like really like bursting my bubble type places and just like not just going to my hotel and then seeing the thing and then like going to do our event we're like waking up at like early in the morning getting out in the, like skating out of the city staying in the gutter until like three in the three in the afternoon or 3 a.m have lights in the van we're lighting shit up we're like it's just such a it's a non-stop just like train rolling and everyone is uh pretty much party animals so everyone's like drinking and smoking the whole time so <laughs> there's not, not really a that's why means stands out so much because like it's not really there's not really like a mindful healthy culture ingrained in skating yet which is growing actually it's growing right now with a, because of me i think is a big part of that but generally you are like in this tornado of a party so you got to figure out how you're going like, to interact with that but it's kind of it's very stimulating but uh yeah well it's, it's it's interesting because like i man i mean alcohol and skateboarding were like i mean they just went together that was just like what happened like you know like being at the wilson skate park in chicago like that was it. It was like if you weren't skating, you were sitting on the cooler and picking music and drinking. Sure. And then when someone else was gonna rest, you would drop in, someone else would take that seat and they would drink. Like it was just such a part of it, yeah. you know. Like and it yeah, was and like and in the videos, it was so like dude, you know, so like, yeah. totally where it was just like, oh cool. So getting drunk and skating is actually a culture. So I guess that's my culture then. <laughs> you know? Yeah, Because yeah. I, I grew up in like a party house. Like my parents are like it was like Orange County in the 90s, partying, doing drugs, all this crazy fun stuff for them, mostly. But uh, <laughs> so the skate videos that were crazy party, like atmosphere, I'm like a little kid, like, oh, I can, like, it made me feel at home. I was like, oh, these are my people. And then I accidentally fall into like the cycle of abusing alcohol just because everyone else is doing it. And it's in my, it's genetically in me because my mother's an alcoholic, my dad's an alcoholic. And so, like, it was, it's ingrained in the culture. And it's just, there's not, um, there's not an awareness of like how much of a chokehold it has on everyone. And it's not cool to talk about in skateboarding. Definitely don't talk about that. <laughs> yeah, dude. And, 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 you know, after I got sober, 
I, I started realizing, like, looking at skate culture, there's a lot of shit that's really sad, dude. Like, I saw Dustin Dolan recently. I saw an interview with him, and it really just kind of broke my heart, you know, where it's like, it's been so long, you know, like, where I added up, and I'm like, fuck, dude, you've just been drinking hard for 20 years. Yeah, I think he's doing better now. That's great. That's great. He just came out with a crazy trick like this month. So he's he's he seems to be doing a little bit better, which doesn't he's awesome. Yeah, dude. He see like he was such a um such like a hero of mine of just like that fucking animal that showed up where everyone was just like Yeah. Fuck dude, I wanna hate this kid, but he's so good. You know, (laughs) like Yeah, that's about for sure. Yeah, and there was just so many of his video parts where he was like would throw up, would like throw up in some bushes and then like 360 flip a fucking 17 square gap, you know, or it's like, how the fuck is that even real? You know? For real, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dude, he's a, yeah, he's a crazy example. I think I know the exact interview you're talking about, but yeah, it's, uh, it's cool that things are like, just this younger generation that's coming up in skateboarding isn't as like play by the rules, thrashers in charge, you drink beer at pools type, like this is how it is vibe and every everyone's like becoming their more more of like they're like expressing themselves through like instagram and like creating their own little bubble rather than fitting into these brands and so it's it's kind of like dissolving which is pretty cool that's wild i never thought about that because that was totally like because for me i was like zero circa Mm -hmm. like that was the vibe was like no punk rock we wear tight jeans and we get in fights mm-hmm. and are just fucking psychopaths you know like <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. you know but it's and then it's like and then you had like you know my buddy brock who was always like yeah dude chad musket out always you know doing like super techie tricks always had pants that were like at his fucking knees you know and yeah, was, yeah. <laughs> but we were always cool but yeah no there was i guess i never really thought about it like that like it really was like you affiliated yourself with a brand it's like you know, Shorty's had its own vibe. Circa had its own vibe, you know, like. Dude. And the video that you and I were talking a lot about when we were together was that the video, is it S or ES? Uh, S. S, that's what I thought. But okay. Everyone calls it ES, especially when you're younger, but it's apparently it's S. I like to okay. call it ES. More okay. fun. Okay. <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> that it was like, you know, every, there were so many people on that skate team. Oh, Menicom Yes. We're talking about Manakamati. That's the video. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it was like Costin and his family's from Thailand. So they filmed his segment mm-hmm. in Thailand. Tom Penny's from England. Yeah. So they did his in England. And it was like, you know, I guess that was the first time that it dawned on me that, like, whether skateboarding music or whatever was like, whoa, dude, the world's big. And there's lots of yeah, different, yeah. there's lots of corners of the world that are very, very different, you know? Yeah. Skateboarding is, dude. Yeah, that's kind of like when you start seeing it, oh my God, the world starts expanding. I I grew up kind of like in a bubble pretty much, like it was like a very turbulent bubble. So I was familiar with like particular things. But when I when I initially traveled, it was like straight to Thailand uh, when I was like 18. But that was like the first time I really got my bubble burst. And like, I never, because I just spent my whole life in Orange County, like eating burgers and fries. Uh, so it was like fucking I don't know the whole the whole world definitely expands I'm kind of rambling I don't even know what I'm talking about well dude, yeah no I, I relate to that so much like the first time I went to a third world country I went to Nepal and 
you know, I remember going through customs and being like, okay, this is kind of a rundown airport, but yeah, then you get outside and it's just like taxi cabs and cows and like, whoa, that kind of smells like incense. Whoa, that smells like a weird food. Oh, is that shit? You know, like it's just this full sensory blast. Dude, since I remember as a kid, I didn't even, I thought a different state was a different planet. I have a clear memory in my head. Like they moved to a different state and like, like I like thought about them in a rocket ship to going, like I didn't, like another <laughs> place was so alien to me. <laughs> well, it's funny too, you know, like with, with the parallel between both of our jobs where it's like traveling is such a huge part of it, you know, like I always tell everyone like, yeah, no, I've been everywhere about 10 times now. You know, like yeah. when we're, when we're, especially if we're talking about the United States of America, I've been fucking everywhere. Oh, for sure. And like, you know, I remember being at a barbecue and having like, you know, a pretty respectable discourse with some woman about something or the other. And I was like, she's talking about the South. And I was like, yeah, well, it's not actually what everyone thinks it is. Like, I've seen more interracial friend groups in the South than I have anywhere else. And you know, and she was like, well, you think just because you travel that you know more about culture than me? And I was like, yes, yes, <laughs> yeah. actually, yeah, I actually do. And I'm like, I'm not even sure. Yeah, yeah, that's actually exactly. Do you think you know more than me because you've had firsthand experience with what we're talking about? Like, yes, I do. Um, dude, another really interesting aspect to you that I want to dive into is you are pretty deep into the uh, into eastern philosophy hinduism and and like ram das and stuff talk about your journey with that and how that influenced lifestyle well frick okay i um so i've always been like super like i, I had the animosity towards spirituality and religion from like people throwing christianity in my face uh in orange county my whole life so it was very bitter and like very science orientated very by the book like if it's not provable i'm not gonna believe it but uh definitely when i started sitting with psilocybin i was i was still very science-based but after about a year of like like five ceremonies of like heroic, heroic doses i just uh i would listen to ramdas but i'd be like oh that part was dumb or like oh that was a little that doesn't make any sense and then there was just like one thing that like he explained it and it made more sense. And for some reason him, well, not for some reason, but him being a Harvard professor, like, and him starting science-based and like, he just, for some reason, he was able to communicate the message that like, oh yeah, we're just like using different dictionaries and what he's talking about. I'm not, I, I'm not even like, I'm, the argument doesn't even make sense. And yeah. I just, I remember that day and I'm like, oh, wow. And I felt crazy to like, and I just like, I don't know, he just like specifically opened me up to like re releasing my ego to like knowing what's going on, controlling, just kind of like listening to stories, getting the lessons, just believing them for whatever they are to the extent that like, what, the, what do I know? Do I, I don't fucking know. And uh, it's been very humbling and like, it's been, I've like spent a lot of time by myself a lot of neglect as a child like hours and hours just sitting in one spot locked in a room that's dark and i like would have these experiences where i would sh shoot into the sky and they were like terrifying as a kid but once i started like learning about hinduism and specifically meditating and then doing the flow tank i started shooting into the sky again but now 
I have like a, a map kind of telling Context. me what's going on. And I feel like once I made that connection, I like, I don't think many people can make that connection that early. So I feel a responsibility to really like explore that and dive into that. And I, I just, I just love everyone so damn much. I relate to like Bhakti and uh, it's just, it's cool to have, to not feel crazy. Like everyone my whole life, I can't tell you how many times people be like, why do you care so much? I'm like, I don't, it's happening right now and I'm here, but I just feel a lot. And it's cool to like have a community of em empathetic people that have like a, a lineage of like, yeah, this is, this is something that we do. It's benefited us and we're connected with the, the divine. And just seems like that makes more sense than like being an angry American that, that, that doesn't believe in like, uh, like, eating better because it didn't make you like oh i don't feel better i already ate a meal and you know like, that's like how my mom and my dad are yeah but yeah so it's kind of just made it, it just felt really practice feels like home and yeah it just feels right well dude you came to me at night to a ceremony man you like encompassed like an hour of my experience and i couldn't see you because it was pitch black but i knew where you were sitting and there, we had this brief interaction when you showed up. A bunch of us were fighting in the garage. We were all doing jujitsu. Yeah. You know, and, and, which is, I, I imagine, a pretty funny thing to come upon when coming to an ayahuasca ceremony. This is a bunch <laughs> of just fucking choking the shit out of each other in a garage. Like Rashad Evans. Totally. Totally. <laughs> and, um, you know, we were talking a bit. I think we were talking with Mo when he was talking about, like, some of the, like, alpha leadership shit that he does. And you're like, man, I could use a little more of that. And um, for some reason, dude, I could like feel you in the room. And I almost left my spot and was like, dude, I'm going to go spoon him. You know, like I was like, I'm going to go over there and fucking spoon this guy. <laughs> I was just like, no, dude, you don't need <laughs> any of that. Like the world needs fucking 100 years for every one of me. Like the hardened, um, you know, like I take a great responsibility in my pursuit of becoming a very dangerous human. I think at its root is, is to protect, you know, at its root is, is uh, to be a force which can say like, no, you will live and let live, or I will assert myself into the live and let live, <laughs> yeah. and, you know, and you will be sacrificed in the name of him living. And like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, like, um, cause I just, I, there's a, I think the thing that is missing most in this world, which has really been my work in the last year is the softening to become more like you you know i have all these other practices um you know whether whether it's mixed martial arts and, and lifting weights and you know i have all these very hardening practices um where for me the work has been like to soften and 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 to to re-engage that empathy and, and see people as um not at a destination but on a path and and when when on that path sometimes it's like oh well you're you know your path couldn't be any more different than mine but i wish you well on your walk <laughs> rather than like no your path is fucked dude that's not how you walk that's actually you know that's not that's not going anywhere good where it's like i think the the more that i have dove into eastern philosophy I 
find that where I'm like, no, dude, this isn't some linear thing. It's like this cyclical thing. And, you know, Mm -hmm. I don't, my wife is really into the past life thing and I'm not, but I, it helps me cope sometimes when I'm like, well, if you don't get it this time, hopefully next. Yeah. (laughs) You know, um, and, and psychedelics, I think play a really huge role in us. Like, I just feel like there's no hiding from yourself in there, right? Like the thing that always overwhelms me at ceremony is like, no one's here for a good time. Everybody's here to do work, you know? Like no one came here to party, you know? Like, and um, so talk a bit about how you, um, when did you start dabbling in psychedelics and was your first experience like, for me, dude, I had, you know, I found Hunter S. Thompson when I was like 13, 14 years old. So my early oh, yeah. experimentation with, with psychedelics was um, reckless. There was no purpose at all. It was how weird sure. can we get? Yeah, yeah. I, so like I, I grew up like around drugs. Like I know like everyone, like my first memory is cutting lines as a baby at a party. Like I said, because it was funny. Um, so like I have this like, it wasn't sheltered from me. It wasn't hidden from me. I knew that what they did and like that, that instilled this like respect for what the, the power that they held. And I consciously waited until my brain was fully developed, like around 25 to have my first experience. Cause I, I don't know. I, I just, I remember being like a 10 year old like, and learning about that just cause I don't know. It was around me. People were tripping or something. I don't know. But like, I just remember it like throughout my childhood, like just like, kind of like being memorable and like I was like oh if I if I ever experience that I'm gonna do it like after I'm at this point um so I waited until then and I waited until like I found a secure partner that I was comfortable with because I, I I like didn't know about trauma but I like there's an innate wisdom in me that I like, knew the once the floodgates were open like shit was coming out which I think that's what the like when you're scared to take psychedelics it's like you knowing what the fuck's about to happen like um so i luckily i like i like found a partner that i felt really comfortable with and i had a space and so i my first experience was i i would i tried to read about it online there was like no information and i i did it um with my wife on a mountain and it was I was expecting to like watch the city light up at night and then I remember like that was so stupid and I just like hung out with this little leaf for like hours and like but like that happened and then like we didn't like do any experiences or like dabble with that for like maybe like four years or something but I um my mental health started to like just get super chaotic when I, I tore my ACL and I was just, you know, sitting in bed and um, just stuff started to come out. I wasn't able to just escape with skateboarding all the time, like awful party, you know, I was just stuck in bed analyzing my thoughts. And um, so anxiety and depression that was already there was just now front and center, which led me to like, okay, like how am I gonna, well, I gotta do something because this shit is like crippling me. So I just started like learning about neuroscience and like, through psychology and neuroscience and they're trying to like piece together what the fuck's going on with me. And like that led me to the Johns Hopkins studies that were happening. And I uh, spent like maybe like two months learning about it. And I uh, initially, then I, I, I uh, 
it was hard to find mushrooms at the time. I didn't know anyone or anything about it. Um, but I, um, I knew some people and I was ended, I, I got five grams and I, I was, and that's when I found parents too. So that was a big thing too, because I found Johns Hopkins and then I, I found Terrence McKenna and I read Who the Gods and I'm just like listening to Terrence all the time. I'm like, oh man, I got to experience this. Like this could really help me. But I was like really nervous. I don't know. It's kind of scary. I, I know, I, I don't know, but I kind of like, you can feel the fucking power. But I, uh, I dove in and that fucking initial experience was like, so like, like the first time I ever had ego death for sure, like just complete ego death. And I had no idea, like feeling like I was like above my body and just like, yeah, I'm never going to go back in there. It's over. Like that was just like, I don't know, just like that made me, that humbled me so fucking much. And I, my whole world was, this particular trip, the lesson was like, the, the, the whole world was light. And then when I was holding my breath, it would go dark. And I kind of like showed me that I was breathing wrong. And that was causing a lot of anxiety. And that really, really fucking helped me a lot. But that initial experience fucking like showed me the power and the wisdom. And like, I just felt a calling to, that was my, that was my substance or that, that at the time that was my tool that was that was that I was meant to use and I um over that I, it was about a year I just I did a lot of conscious ceremonies and then I built a tiny house and then I moved in a, into a tiny house at the end of the year and then I did about a, it was like a two-year trip of just doing ceremonies in my tiny house in different uh scenic areas and after all this I because I'm very open about it with my family too and like my uh, my parents to me the ones that raised me were my grandparents they're like the positive influences in my life so I'm like teaching them about this and after like a year of it they're like my grandma's like oh yeah I never told you but your great great grandmother she was a DIY mushroom forager and uh, she, uh we, we always would get mad at her so she's gonna kill herself but she was love of the mushrooms oh and your great grandfather was a DIY mushroom farmer and I was just like like I just have always like I can I communicate with the mushroom and it feels like my family and I'm like holy shit yeah like and I don't I'm like weary about genetic memories too or like like or past lives but it comes through I think through genetic memories and I think that I'm like there's like just the innate calling in me through my family lineage to work with psilocybin and it's been uh I don't know it's just that that's the initial uh crazy experience that really locked me in like this is this is where I need to focus and then worked with other medicines and then meeting like Dell Jolly and unlimited sciences uh, to help me connect with education with other substances, going to medical conferences, just doing as much as I can to learn what I can learn. Cause there's not a voice in skateboarding with like for conscious for mindfulness and especially mindful psychedelic use. So I kind of I'm using my skateboarding to Trojan horse that this is possible. I don't want to tell people that this is what they need to do. This is a thing, but I just like, I, I have seen, personally seen the powers that about, and I got out of something that I didn't think was possible to get out of. And I think changing the culture and letting people know gently that that's possible is like our first step to like getting everyone, you know, changing everyone's mind about like uh, after the drug war, you know, Reagan spooking us all. Yeah, I always say psychedelics aren't for everyone, but they might be for you. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, you know, like you won't know until until you dabble. You know, my wife is a 
psychotherapist and she is um this fall she'll be doing the the maps certification thing so she'll be the, the only maps therapist in montana which is super rad um amazing you know i've been um since covid with this time off i've really I was like scared of psychedelics for a couple of years when I was touring heavy because I think what would happen for me when I was touring, I wasn't doing any self work because it was always what's next, what's next. Mm -hmm. I wasn't addressing things at home because I was like, Nope, I have to keep this ball going. This is how we pay for our life. So like, I got to keep it moving. And with the COVID pause, man, my, infatuation with psychedelics was completely rekindled um because i started going to therapy again or for the first time ever i started going to therapy and it cracked me wide open and i like finally had this like full circle understanding of my story which like three weeks after you know where when i had my last session with my therapist where i think i was i was just kind of like you know i think we you know, we were meeting once a week for 18 months. I was like, I think we're, I don't, I don't think I need to talk to you anymore. I think we're, we're good. That's cool. Yeah. Um, then I went and, and did ayahuasca right after that. And the way you were talking about the way you're connected with psilocybin, I, um, I really felt that with the ayahuasca, I didn't throw up. I, I had, there was no point in time where I was nauseous. Um, it was really like there were definitely moments of intensity that was just like wow i don't i don't know if i'm ready to go where you're trying to take me mm-hmm. but my you know like i remember when i crawled up to drink i like actually crawled because yeah. i was like trying to approach the medicine of like hey i'm not i'm not here to to steer any sort of ship like i'm humbly coming to your feet you're you do sure. what you will with me you know um and that approach served me really well, but I felt, um, you know, and I, t- and I talked to, to the other boys on the wall. They're like, man, that's so weird that you didn't purge. And I was just like, yeah, there was no point in time where I, f- I felt the need to. And the, and the overwhelming message I got from, from that experience was like, yeah, man, you're doing all of the right things. Like, just keep doing that. And let me shine a flashlight on this thing because I think you forgot that this was over here. Yeah, yeah. So at your leisure, please get to that too, you know. Um, you know, I, I've been saying this a lot recently too. You know, Marcus Aurelius had a scribe. I'm a big fan of all the Stoics. Mm-hmm. Marcus Aurelius had a scribe that would follow him around, and twice a day he was instructed to whisper into Marcus's ear, you're just a man. I love it. Yeah, and for <laughs> me, those psychedelics are that scribe. They're this yeah. thing that, like, I get – it's so easy in life, I think, especially if you – if the thing you love the most is your occupation, right? Skateboarding, music, this thing that's so deep and inherent in our heart is also what pays the bills. Mm-hmm. You can lose yourself because the, your heart becomes the, <laughs> becomes the bank account, you know? So it's this thing that is always like, it's weird. It makes this cyclical thing. And, and, and for me, psychedelics always bring me back to my heart and, and, and remind me that, although this is all very chaotic, like at the end of the day, it's like, I'm serving this thing that serves me. That's it. It is not more complicated than that. I have to serve this thing and it will serve me back, mm-hmm. you know, and that like cyclical relationship. I, uh, 
Yeah, I took photos. Yeah, dude. Like, well, like when I was saying when I was a kid, I was shooting to the sky and through the meditation. But like psychedelics brings me exact like right to the same place. It's like this is so familiar, and I'm like, oh, this isn't. It's it's intimidating, but I'm not like scared. I'm able to let go into the fear of whatever it is because I don't know. I've like always already been there, kind of. It's so like the message I'm getting. Well, and it never goes well if you fight it. Yeah, and I I had um, you know, that first night, um, I drank a medium cup, Mm -hmm. gone, fully gone, and then I was like, oh well, maybe I'll drink a small cup, and that will be, you know. So when I had that second cup, dude, it shot me so much farther than even that first one. And I had this moment of like being in the fetal position of like, no, dude, I'm not trying to go out there. Like, can I please just stay here? And it was getting rough. And then I finally was just like, I had this moment because I was like, well, you're going to kill me. Like, if you take me that far out, you're going to kill me. And then I had this moment where I just was like, hoka, motherfucker, I guess take me then. And like, right when I rolled onto my back and was just like, okay, well, (laughs) I guess this is what we're doing then. The minute I rolled onto my back and surrendered, the whole universe opened up to me. Dude. I, uh, it's a little bit of a dark, like, way to explain it, but, like, like, I have, I've had, like, the physical and sexual abuse as a kid, but the lessons I've learned, it, it's, I don't know, it's hard to describe, there was, like, this letting go that I, like, I wasn't in control of what was going to happen, and I let go, and I just kind of, like, found peace in a sense, you know, during those things that are, were happening and those things were terrifying like the, those things geared me up to like not be scared of like shit and like the first night of ceremony grandmother like i I had told me she's like I, I can't fucking scare you like no matter what i show you you're gonna just let me do it i can't scare you and like it was just like this weird like you can she can intimidate me but like and like show me what i need to do and stuff but like there's like this i like feel like there's another responsibility to like dive in more because i have like turned this little part off so i need to like dive in because i'm capable and like so uh, yeah that's connecting me even more with psychedelics but yeah yeah no no i fully relate to that yeah i grew up in a super super abusive household and same thing and it um yeah i relate to that a lot it's really served me well in my spiritual endeavors whereas like you know, as an angry young kid, not being scared of anything, not so good, you know, put yourself yeah, in yeah. dangerous situations because you're yeah. like, you know, yeah, you can't fuck with me, man. There's nothing, yeah, there's nothing you're going to show me or do to me that's going to be scarier than what I've already gone through. Yeah. But yeah, no, I feel that, man. And, and, you know, I think a lot of like, one of my, my first big trip, dude, so I had struggled with alcoholism and drug addiction forever, went to rehab, relapsed soon after rehab. And I was in this cycle of, I'd have three months sober and then have a bad day and be like, fuck it, I'm drinking. Yeah, yeah. And and that kept happening for about a year. And um, I acquired five grams of mushrooms and was listening to Terrence McKenna a lot then as well. Mm -hmm. And so I did the thing and it was the most terrifying night of my life because it was like, I was reliving all of this 
stuff. And I kept like kind of wailing, just like, why are you doing this to me? Like, I already lived through this. Why are you doing this to me? And it was this thing of like, this is why you are what you are, dude. This is why you do the things you do because you're still here. So it's like, do you want to let this go right now? Okay, cool. Well, we're going to go through the fucking Rolodex of terrible memories and you going to make the conscious choice. Do I keep this one or do I let it go? Oh, yeah. And I, since that night, it's been eight, almost nine, nine years since I've had a drink. And it was, and it's so hard because I like, I wasn't going to AA. I wasn't, I didn't have a sponsor. I didn't do any of that shit. Yeah. So like, you know, a lot of our fan base knows that I'm sober and they're always like, Oh, are you a friend of Bill's? And I'm like, no, I'm a friend of Terrence's, you know, like, I don't, <laughs> you know, yeah. like, I, took, I took a different road to get where I'm at. And like, I think what's so important about unlimited sciences is like the more I started telling that story, the more I had people reaching out to me with really similar stories They were like, yeah, dude, I did rehab. I did AA. I did all of these things. This is what saved my life. Mm -hmm. You know, and like, and same thing with PTSD, depression. Like there's so many stories of like, no dude, I tried everything. Yeah. 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 I've dude, I, I always say you, uh, you become the person you want to become or you become the person you accidentally became. Ooh. And so that helps. That's like a, but the, I got that clear lesson. And I said that once I wrote it down and I've always like remembered that. Is that like, and like learning about psychology, especially about having your wife helps a lot, like connecting with that. Like, Oh, I do that because this guy was mean to me, you know, uh -huh. like, those kind of things. But like when you start like, Oh, that's actually real. And then you start like, knowing yourself so much more and you're like oh i'm not even a guy that gets mad at this i'm just like triggered right now and like the emotions are coming from somewhere else but man what a fucking what a life changer a game changer <laughs> yeah totally you know and i the other thing that that i got from ayahuasca was i it gave me this deep understanding of my wife you know i i'm i'm rather cold by nature i'm pretty hard you know where i'm like even in my sobriety, um, incoming from trauma and shit like that, you know, when I would see other people, even family members of mine struggling, my, my response was always kind of like, we'll fucking get to figuring it out, dude. Like I figured it out. You should be able to figure it out. I didn't get any special, you know, I didn't get us like secret token that led me somewhere. Like for sure, figure it out. And it dawned on me at the end of night one, like, no, dude, my wife is, her superpower is she doesn't see an angry alcoholic. She sees an abused child, you know, okay, she, yeah, yeah. she doesn't see a super anxious That's suicidal awesome. adult. She sees a scared 18 year old that saw his friends get killed in Iraq. You know, mm -hmm. she sees past the thing and to the root. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I feel like that is really my work now is like, cause we're so judgmental by, by nature, you know, it's so easy to, to read a type of person, you know, by their style and the way they talk and be like, Oh, well you're this. And you know, I, my friend, Michael Franci said, he said, I've never met anyone that if they tell me their life story, it wouldn't make me cry, you know, and to, to look at a, you know, to see an entire sea of human beings and be like, wow, everybody here has something in their story that would move me that's the web, you know, like that's the web and all of those web tethers go directly to our hearts. Hell yeah. I, I had like, I had this, I had an experience that like sounds 
similar but like one i was driving on the freeway once and like i don't know i was focusing but like at, above each car i saw each person that was driving get home from a long trip and their family being super excited and it's just like i don't know that experience like really really like communicated that to me because it's like something that i was like i would be aware of but like i like saw it and i was like oh everyone has these like fully powerful fucking stories of love and sadness and it was a very similar experience um and like it reminded me of another thing i wrote but it's the way to my the way to my world might seem light to you but i guess that depends on what you've been through yes <laughs> yeah dude how um <laughs> you do kirtan music too i want to talk about your music because i know you have a project with your wife but you do kirtan mm. music too huh yeah yeah how'd you get you're into that top of a you're sitting on a harmonium right now <laughs> oh really <laughs> yeah that's awesome uh, i well living in the tiny house and i play keyboard i like saw it initially like a harmonium initially and i was like whoa you don't need any like i want to play keyboard just with like like on the road not like no electricity and that was the initial like calling that i felt but it was around the same exact time that i was getting into the roundhouse and I was like, oh, wait. And I, like, that's where I would see it. And then I like, started like connecting it with the teachings. And then uh, just uh, listening to Krishna Das a lot at that time, got introduced to Krishna Das. And then just kind of just felt like I just started doing it every day on the road. And like, it really is my, it's, it, it's my meditation. It really is what gets me there. You know, like I, I, I've, I've done all like, like the silent meditation, like where you just like mantra meditation or like focusing on your breath, giving your your brain the job. It has its time and place for me, but my daily practice, like connecting with the note, I just go see and then I own for a bit. And gosh, that's nothing starts my day better. And it just like makes me fucking tune in with everything. And that's what it feels like. But yeah, I don't know. I just felt and all these things I get into, I just feel like I've, I've like was meant to do them. And so that's why I know I'm doing the right thing. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's huge, man. Like a com completely different, but like, same thing. I feel like I'm, um, I've had this version of the adult me that I've wanted to put together since I was a kid. So I've been like collecting the puzzle pieces of that. Um, mm -hmm. A motorcycle has always was always supposed to be a part of that equation. Like, yeah, yeah, I always yeah. knew I wanted to be to drive a motorcycle really fast, and um, <laughs> so I got this motorcycle. And God bless my wife; she's just fully like, whatever, man. If you're telling me that it's one of the puzzle pieces, then it's one of the puzzle pieces. And um, dude, same thing. Like my first long ride on that bike, I was like, "Yep, this is it. This is my." this is my meditation. This is where I figure it out. This is where I go. This is my center is going fucking 80, 90 miles an hour on this fucking bike. Like this is it for me. Oh, yeah. And like that knowing, right. Same thing. Like, dude, I tried yoga and I don't get whatever I think most people get from it. Um, yeah. You know, my wife, after a yoga practice, you can see her, you can feel her present. You know, and I'm, that's not it for me. That's how I feel after I, after I fight, you know, if I go train for it. Like, well, well, this is what, like, I've been analyzing, like, how, because skateboarding is my yoga, but the difference is I get adrenaline, too. 
And yeah, like, same same with fighting. Like the, the peacefulness mixed with the adrenaline makes like this like unique space you can get into, man. Yeah, and it's like, can I find peace while being scared, in danger? <laughs> you know, like yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I feel like it's like a super steroid injected meditation because it's there's so much going on and it's like, can you be present? Yeah, and, and here I not panic. Like, when you're on the motorcycle or skating, it's like you can fucking die if you don't pay attention. You gotta pay attention <laughs> yeah. right now. <laughs> like, yeah, this is right now. Yeah, dude, I have that revelation all the time. Like I'll be like so deep in thought, and then I like glance down at my feet and see the pavement, and I'm like, oh yeah, dude open open your eyes like you can't like so trying to find that yeah. balance of like meditation while also paying vigilant attention to anything and everything it's like it's wild man but like yeah it's just so funny like getting to live some of the visions that i've had in my head since a kid you know one being on stage and hearing people sing something i wrote that was something that i always wanted and i and i get to do that one pretty regularly but dude as funny as it sounds like listening to fucking Leonard Skinner and riding a motorcycle is like, <laughs> it's just like, I just was like, man, I was literally born to do this. Like, this is exactly why I'm here. <laughs> I love it. I mean, that's just, that's, that makes sense. Yeah. That sounds like how I like that. Yeah. Um, so tell me about uh, this music project that you have with your wife. Cause you guys just did a little tour. Yeah. Uh, so my wife, uh, was in like a like a screamo band when she was like 16 they got signed off myspace <laughs> and she toured for for about 10 years after that but like that's how i met her and she toured with some other bands but one of the guitar player or the bass players from the other band quit his band she quit her band at the same exact time and they both listened to like similar music we like listen to like a lot of psych rock stuff like i don't know if you're familiar with king gizzard and the wizard wizard yeah that kind of that kind of vibe the ocs that kind of stuff so we we're just like they connected like on being into the same stuff but he is already writing these songs and i play keyboard and so we like accidentally started a band and uh it was like maybe a year and a half before the pandemic we started the band and i mean we got a tour in right before the pandemic like literally we had no idea i wasn't watching the news and i we drove to uh florida and played Tam tampa pro the skateboard contest and we drove back but book shows on the way and back and when we got back like everything shut down within a week but we were like we were like got home all excited not watching the news we're like yeah shit's about to get going we're about to like go on tour but like then we shit had to hit the brakes but now we're back and we just did a tour and we got new music in the works but it's it's called dino kale and uh, I don't know, it's just kind of fun to play music. And it's been, I fucking, I've been going to shows my whole life. It's kind of fun to finally be the guy on stage. And I just like, I don't know, it's so fucking fun to go crazy on stage. Oh yeah, no, it's the best ever. I Dude, I've had like the opposite thing the past couple months where I've been, I've, I've gone to a few shows mm -hmm. and I've just been like, fuck dude, I forget how fun this is to just watch other people play music. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm always the one up there, you know, and then it's like, yeah. you know, it's, it's like the equivalent of like, you know, having a buddy that's a mechanic and then at the end of his week being like, Hey dude, you want to, uh, I'm going to work on my car this weekend. You want to come over and, and hang? He's like, no, 
probably yeah, not, you know, like, <laughs> so I, I had always kind of told myself that like, no, dude, why would I go to a show? I don't want to fucking go to a show. I'm always at shows. Um, yeah. And, but I had this really f- hilarious moment. I took my daughter to see um, the band camp who's just like, Oh man, I love him so much. It's just really simple, beautiful music. Um, camp with two A's. Um, but my daughter goes, we're standing there. There's probably 3000 people at this shows outside, beautiful night. And she goes, man, you've been touring since I was like seven. You know, she's 15 now. And she's like, I guess in my head, I've just always like, well, yeah, dude, dad's at work. Like he's gone for work, but this is what you do every night. Like, you just throw parties every night? And I'm like, yeah, I mean, yes, that's what we do. We literally bounce from town to town and fucking throw a party every night, you know? And it, it was this really adorable revelation of her just like, wild, like, you know? Like, I think that's she amazing. knew, but for some reason, us watching the show together, the whole thing kind of clicked, like, and then we had this really hilarious moment where like, you know, we were in Montana, we were in Bozeman, and like one person noticed me and then like I spent like 15 minutes taking pictures and she was the one taking pictures and I was like, all right, we can bail if you want, you know, and she's yeah. like, no, this is fucking awesome. You know, yeah. like, That's which, amazing. Yeah, it was such a cool night with her for her to like, we both kind of like realized like, oh, yeah, this is like this weird thing. This is pretty weird that this is my job. You know, <laughs> like this is what we do. That's amazing. Um, you guys both were on that same page. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it was funny. What um. So what do you have in the works, like skateboarding wise and music wise? You're obviously going to book another tour. Yeah, we, we uh, we're working on we we have an album written. We're kind of trying to get in the studio to record it. I think that's the main focus over there in Dino Care World. I'm kind of a, I'm like, I'm at I'm at a really interesting place with my skateboarding to where I I've stepped away from my most corporate sponsors. And I've like got this weight off my back and I'm really like honing Rai Ray right now. But like I'm just just filming an intimate part in California, but uh it's just been it's really just me. It's cool. I'm not not working with any company or anything. I'm just kinda of doing what I really want to do right now. So state room's really like as free as possible. It's a cool place to be. because I've been I've been filming parts nonstop, like skateboarding every day for about 15 years. And then I got sponsored 10 years ago, so it became a job. And so I started doing it even more. And so now I'm at a place where I'm not, I don't really have to prove shit. Um, I have my own little corner of skateboarding and I, I'm able to do what I want to do. And it's pretty cool to like have gotten to this place and I'm pretty hyped. So yes, yeah, nothing that's specific. That's so awesome, really, man. Yeah. Well, it's cool. Yeah, dude, it's cool that you're doing your own thing. Cause I think like, that's kind of the thing, right? That with skateboarding, like you don't think of that. It's just like, oh, cool. There's a new video out and Ray Ray has a part in it. You're not like, oh yeah, no, that was a fucking year of filming. That was a year of skateboarding every day to make that fucking eight minute part, you know? Yeah. Um, Yeah. Same thing. Like, I think when you go see a show, you forget that that band is like, oh yeah, no, they woke up in a hotel, they drove all day, unloaded a bunch of shit, sound checked, mm-hmm. and now I get this 90 minutes. It's like, yeah, I think it's, that's super fucking rad that you're doing that, man. Cause I think like, it, at least what I've seen from the outside is just like a fan of the sport and, and a, you know, observer of the culture that it's like, that burns people out, man. Yeah. That, that, repetitive year after year filming grinding 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 so you stay relevant like Mm -hmm. 
you see it, dude. It just works people over. And it's like, yeah, it's cool to see you hit that, that e-brake for yourself and be like, no, I think if I'm going to keep doing this, I'm going to do it my way, you know? For sure. And I'm super grateful to the internet to make that possible. Like we were talking about is like, I don't have to uh, like play a part. Like I, I wrote for Creature for so long. And like when I got on the company 10 years or I mean 11 years ago or something, I, I fit in, but like I became my own person and like just kind of evolved out of like these little skateboard niches and like kind of made my own, but it's kind of just me over here, but it's cool. It's cool to have like a, the connection to the people rather than like you having to filter through a magazine or filter through a video or a company or something. Yeah. And it's, it's really rad that that exists now, you know, same thing for music. Like, it used to be like, nope, I have to have this label and I have to do it this way or no one will ever hear my music. And now it's like, no, dude, if you have a fucking computer and interface and a microphone, you can release music to the world, you know? Yeah, it's cool. Like, fucking, I feel like Post Malone, that's how you started, right? Yeah, dude, there's this kid, um, Zach Bryan, who's kind of like this, this like dirty South fucking Oklahoma country singer kid. But he has like all these iPhone videos of him literally in his backyard drinking beer with his boys playing these tunes with like tens of millions of views and then amazing yeah and then made a fucking ep by himself and they all have millions and millions of streams so this kid is literally just like in the industry completely on his own terms he's not attached or tied to anyone he's making fucking oobs of money with that many streams and views so it's just like it's cool to see the new paradigm like so many people bitch about spotify and youtube and music being free and it's like well dude we live in this era where it's like if you make cool original art and it hits you don't need help from anyone else like you're the guy you know you're the creator content creator distributor like you're everything for sure yeah i love it dude game changer (laughs) where where can everyone find you dude i'm so glad that you took time to talk to me um i really love you man and i think of you often be back at you i love you i listen to you all the time you're part of my morning practice. That makes me happy, dude. Where can everybody find you online to watch the crazy shit you're doing on your skateboard and with your music? Uh, I think Instagram, Ryrey, R-Y-R-E-Y, is the main place I post everything. But, uh, yeah, that's kind of the only social media. I mean, I'm kind of off, off social media right now. But everything I do will be right there on Instagram. Sorry if you don't have Instagram. Yeah, (laughs) I think in the modern era, everyone does. Well, dude, thank you so much for talking to me, man. And um, I'm sure I'll see you soon. Where are you at at right now? You're in Tucson? I am in uh, like the Inland Empire in California. Oh, okay. uh, I don't know what you would recognize, but yeah. Well, in November, we're doing, we do Phoenix and then we do the whole coast of California. I gotta. All right, I'll gander up. So look dates. at look at tour dates, man. And um, if oh, you wanna yes. if you wanna come, obviously I um we'll put you on the list, and I'd love to have you backstage, and we'll hang. That would be really fun. I'd love that, dude. Sweet, dude. All right, I will see you soon, man. Bless you. I love you, brother. Have a good one. All right, y'all. That was Ryan Reyes. I'm Drew. Thank you for listening to the Satsung podcast. Uh, we have a bunch of cool episodes going up. I'm trying to stack a whole bunch before I hit the road. But perhaps we'll get some interesting ones on the road as well. Um, Yeah, dude. Big love to all you guys. um, And we will talk to you next week. God bless you.